Hey, considering a home remodeling project, Design First Builders is your solution. They guide you through every stage of your remodeling project, ensuring a seamless process from start to finish. Schedule a complimentary in-home consultation. Call them at 630-250-7777 or go to designfirstbuilders.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver emotion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58. 25-22. In overtime. Yurko said it. uh, A 5-2. A a 25-22. and Not your... Regular score. No. Westwood won with a call. The great Kevin Harlan putting his usual spice and oomph into it. He's good. Really He's good. Really yeah. Good. So are the Chiefs. Uh, and that's your Super Bowl winner right there. Walk-off overtime winner as the first quarter of overtime. The end of the fifth quarter. Fifth quarter. Uh, what would happen if uh, we were tied, if nobody scored... Uh, is there a halftime of, of overtime? Yes. There is. Yes. I don't know if they would actually have... I don't think they'd go in to the half and have a halftime. Like, would but, there be a performance? But there would would be, Drake come back? Yeah. Like, kind of like the 14th <laughs> inning with another 7th inning stretch? Well, what happens is, is after like a 10-minute break, then you play the 3rd and 4th quarter, and if you go through that and you're still tied, it goes to penalty shots. <laughs> penalty kicks with your kickers, Buck there and you Moody. Yeah. 50 Did plus. anybody else know... Like, I didn't realize that the, the battle cry for the Chiefs is, how about those Chiefs? Like, Andy's done that a number of times now. Andy Reid has done that. It is re- remarkably... Similar to the Cowboys? Yeah. Like, how about them Cowboys is what Jimmy Johnson was famous for saying. It feels like the very authentic Andy Reid just reached into the, the old Saints bag and pulled out the, how about those Chiefs? I'd never heard well, that. Well, what would you go with? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. There, <laughs> there haven't been many championships around here. He's pretty simple, though, Reed, he isn't is. he? Yeah. he? He's very, like, I noticed that, too, over the weekend. I don't know why just recently. Very short on a lot of the interviews. I saw him with the two. You mentioned he did a Bill Cowher interview. Yeah. And before that, earlier in the in pregame, his shorts, in his coaching shorts, he did. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the pregame, he did a uh, interview with Tracy Wolfson mm-hmm. when he first arrived to the stadium. 
Very short with his answers. Very, very short. He did short. a sit-down, like as has been the case, I think, for a long time now with Peter King after the game. Like, there's only probably one person that the winning coach will sit down with and spend an extended period of time with, and that's Peter King. Yeah. And and I think if you probably get an opportunity to watch that interview, it'll be much more detailed. I just thought that that was kind of a, an odd, very simple battle cry. I was expect. I know they call the fan base Chiefs Kingdom. Yes. But when he, I think Andy stopped the middle of his interview with Jim Nance last night and said, hey, can I get a how about them Chiefs or how about those Chiefs? I was like, well, you just copied what Jimmy Johnson did. Well, what about the Saints and the Bengals? Don't, aren't who those, day? Who, isn't it who dat and who, who day? Yeah, who day is the Bengals. Yeah, I'm like those are similar too. Yes. Yeah, I don't. He's got to get a little bit more... More original? More original, okay. I think. All right. 312-332-3776. I want to take uh, your Super Bowl calls. Uh, and don't forget, in an hour from now, a little a little over an hour, uh, today is day one of qualification for a big Steinhoffels giveaway. So Steinhoffels, great partner with us. It's where I get all our furniture needs. I got a new couch, um, new bedroom furniture for Braxton. Uh, we got just great stuff from Steinhoffels in the Silverman household. There's four Chicagoland locations. Uh, the one that we shop at is in Vernon Hills. Their, their general manager's name is Jeremy. Ask for him by name. Their newest location is in Harwood Heights. The four-day sale for President's Day starts this Friday. And they're having a promotion where you get $100 off when you spend just about $2,000 and more. It's nineteen ninety nine and up. And you'll get a $300 United American Airlines Delta or Southwest gift card uh, with a qualifying purchase. So they're giving away like an airline gift card with qualifying purchases. So they threw in for our great fans this week two $500 airline gift cards. So we're making it a travel-related trivia contest based on our show. We've taken many trips throughout the years. And in the 5 o'clock hour, we will give you a show-related trivia question that you can answer. And if you're correct, you're in the hopper. And then we're going to qualify five people during the week. And then on Friday, uh, we'll pick from those five to win the two $500 airline gift cards. And I take it that... Of those, you can pick from United, American, Delta, or Southwest Airlines. Good prize. It's a great prize. And um, so that's coming up in a little over an hour. Stay tuned to listen. You can listen on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, anywhere on your smart speakers as well. Download that ESPN Chicago app and take it wherever you go. Or you can watch us a couple of different spots. The YouTube channel is really hot these days. Uh Go to YouTube.com and then search ESPN Chicago. Subscribe there or you can watch us on Twitch. It's twitch.tv and our channel is ESPN 1000 Chicago. Let's uh, take some of these calls and then we'll uh, play you some of the stuff from NFL Network and what Ian Rappaport was saying regarding the number one overall pick. Tony on the south side wants to weigh in. What's up, Tony? Hey, thank you guys for calling. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to get down right to the to the business. The, the thing is, is that Mahomes is the greatest at this time. He He's beaten all the top quarterbacks in that division that he plays in. And we're going to assume that Caleb Williams is the next 
great player. The Bears need to build around Justin Fields, trade the first pick, and acquire three first-round picks in in this year's draft, and then see what happens. If you do not have a great coach or a great GM, you will not win a Super Bowl. Look at KC. They're showing you how to do the business. And I'm so glad that one of you guys mentioned that Nat, uh, Nagy has nothing to do with the play calling. I don't know. He might have pictures on somebody because I can't believe that he, he has a job at KC again. And that's my comment. Thank you. All right. There you go. There's Tony. going to be plenty of weeks of the, of the back and forth right, on, right. on that. What the Bears need to do, what you think they should do. Uh, again, I, I think anybody that's making the, the Mahomes comparison, whether it's with Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever it is, it's way too early to be connecting any of those dots. And I just like I'm not even that that's a non-starter of a conversation for me. Like my hope is, is regardless of, of who your quarterback is, is that one day he would morph into Patrick Mahomes. But if they, they use the first pick of the draft on one of these quarterbacks, I'm not necessarily jumping to the conclusion that they did it because they thought that guy is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this was – so he, he took me there. So this was Rappaport from the NFL Network. I was listening to Meller and Dion. Meller was in for Peggy on Saturday, 11-1, to 1, uh, usually Peggy and Dion. It was really good stuff. They just had gotten the Ian Rappaport report. And um, he's very in tune with a lot of the Bears news. Like, he's the first to report a lot of these bear stuff. Um, and so Rappaport, uh, with the insiders on NFL Network from the Super Bowl, had this. The biggest story of the offseason revolves around the Chicago Bears. What are they going to do with the number one overall selection? Are they going to trade it? Are they going to trade Justin Fields? Are they going to take Caleb Williams, a USC star? Here is my understanding after talking to uh, various sources involved in the situation. It would take a historic haul, a historic haul, something crazy for the Bears to move off of the number one overall selection. And that bit of knowledge contains wide-ranging ramifications. First of all, that is an indication that the Bears, absent some sort of wild draft compensation from someone trying to move up for Caleb Williams, that is a sign that they will likely take a quarterback number one. I know DJ's number one uh, ranked quarterback is Caleb Williams. No surprise, most people around the league view the same thing. That also is an indication that they will likely move on from Justin Fields. If that is the case, they should be able to get prime draft pick compensation for their starter for the last three years. Fields really impressed. I know the Bears really like everything that he has done on the field, in the locker room, in the organization. It's just a rare opportunity to make the number one overall selection and take a franchise quarterback, but no doubt. Whatever the Bears do is going to end up being fascinating over the next couple months. So this is your bar now. If this is the decision they make, take Patrick Mahomes out of your mouth, okay? His name. You can take that however you want to take it, everybody. That was weird. But take, take, take Patrick Mahomes, his name out of your People mouth. People don't tell me that about Caleb Williams. Yeah. Tell and, me take Caleb Williams yeah. out of your mouth. And he's out of your head, out of your brain, out of your, your do you know who this guy's got to be better than? The existing quarterback. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you made right. a bad decision. Right. So stop setting the bar at Caleb Williams and set it at he's better than the quarterback you have now. That is your hurdle. That's what you're focused on. 
Right. And, and I, I think the buzzwords are interesting that he's using. He used historic and wild. He is telling you and the commanders and the Patriots and whoever else wants to come up for the number one pick, don't come with the chart. Don't, don't come with, <laughs> with any sort of math or any sort of chart. If you want to talk, it's got to be historic. It's got to be wild. Okay? Yes. This is what it is. Yeah. You've got to wow us. And if you're not wowing us, you're not getting our attention. We're, we, we like him a lot. If, if they and, come to the conclusion that he's that guy that they want, I wonder if there is a price that could be paid to get them off of that pick. Now, I'm sure you get, how about 10% of the commander's franchise? I, I mean, I don't know. I, whatever, I'm obviously being ridiculous. I don't know what it would look like. Well, that don't forget, deal. too, this is interesting because there's only so much you can NFL, give up until the day of the exactly. draft. Exactly. Right? On draft day, you could give up to four first round picks because you can only give up three in the future. So before the actual NFL draft day, you wouldn't be able to give up more than three first round picks unless you have multiple first-round picks already at your disposal because and, of a different trade. And, Jeff, based on just off the top of my brain, I don't believe there's a team in the National Football League that would give up that much in this draft because you are going to – you're basically going to be without any draft compensation at the top of the draft for the next three years. Well, I don't know, I don't know which team would be willing to do that. And it's no. not only going to be that. It would probably be a couple of existing players that are pretty good as yes, well. Yes, of course. And uh, Jeff Hughes over at the Bears blog, who has, has broken a lot of stories from inside that building, he tweeted out on the 11th. He said, when leaks come out of Ryan Poles' camp, they're always with intent. He let the whole world know the first pick was for sale last year. It's going to take the largest compensation package in NFL trade history to move him off that pick this year. And, and Hughes added that he believes that uh, the Bears really like Caleb Williams, and he'd be very, very, very surprised if the Bears don't take Caleb Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I think that's a very sound piece of, uh, of information coming from Jeff. And look, I mean, do you, it's like the old phrase, never say never. Okay, like I'll listen to what you have to say, but it's got to be something that is even significantly better than what we got in return for last year's well, one. Right, like and there like was significantly better. There was a part of the report too from the NFL Network where Garofolo was adding that Magic Johnson went to uh, what's his name uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, Kingsbury. Yeah. Kingsbury yeah. And and Magic Johnson, part of the ownership group now, and with the Commanders, and he said, look. We're going to give you what you want with the compensation as far as your contract. The Raiders don't want to guarantee you a third year. We're also going to get you the quarterback you want. And we'll do anything. you If, if it's Caleb Williams, we'll do whatever it takes to get him. So Ryan Poles is putting it out there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you really want him? You're, let's see what that is. Yeah. Like, I think that's what are you a, willing to give it's, up? It's, it's almost a dare. All right. You want him? Come get him. But, but it's got to. Yeah, like he's daring them to. Uh, you you can't come to us with a chart. No, and look, I, I mean, if somebody out there believes it, if like the the commanders believe that Drake May is not that big a fall off, if a fall off at all from Caleb Williams, then why would they go deep into their war chest and give you three ones and a couple of other players? Hometown kid, yeah, that's why. Hometown kid, you know, the hometown kid, the, maybe Magic Magic is uh, from L.A. He played at USC. 
Magic knows about what a, a first overall pick can do for a franchise. You may, be wallowing, you may be wallowing in the basement of the NFC East if you no, I know that. that team full of their assets. But Magic knows. Like, Think about what the Lakers were before Magic got there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I just don't know if, if the general manager also has the same philosophy. Maybe he doesn't feel that that's the right thing to do for the franchise. Sure. There's so much that isn't known. Nobody's talked to anybody. Like, we haven't. Our franchise hasn't talked to Caleb Williams, I, I know, don't believe. The Washington Commanders, they just put their team together, their front office together. There's no chance they've talked to anybody. Don't forget that Rick Spielman was a part of the hiring process. It's true. For the general manager in Washington. And he sold on Caleb Williams. Right. Yes. So, you know, like, just connect the dots. Uh, Riley and Bourbonnet, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Riley? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I know you talked about winners and losers from the Super Bowl. I think that the big winner, uh, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, for his game, his legacy, uh, watching that quarterback show a few weeks ago on Netflix, I really just had so much more respect for his game. Um, and I think the two, I mean, it's hard to decide a loser, but Two losers, one, uh, Shanahan with his legacy of blowing leads, unfortunately, even though he's an amazing coach. And then also, I'm a Miami fan, but Tyreek Hill, I mean, I don't care how much money you get, you can't buy one, if not two Super Bowls, and they won both without him. Um, So I I think it would be hard for him to uh, be sitting there watching them win. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, I, again to the Shanahan thing. Look, he's he's lost as two as a, a head coach, one as an offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He's lost to Brady and Mahomes twice. Like it's it doesn't make it any better, I guess. But I, I think I, I think he's lost the two biggest heartbreakers in Super Bowl history. Yeah, it made it's a good. He, he was up twenty eight to three. It was like he wasn't the head coach to the goat in Tom Brady and lost the first overtime Super Bowl game. And then he was winning this game and then lost in overtime to Patrick Mahomes as the head coach of the 49ers. I don't think there's been a coach who has lost two games like Shanahan has lost. And, yeah. and they didn't know the rules. And his players that, that, didn't know listen, the rules. That is, that's going to stick to him, and rightfully so. I mean, his players have to be educated on what the rules are in the biggest game of the season. Like There have been teams who have been blown out of Super Bowls, but it, has any coach lost Super Bowls like Kyle Shanahan? I don't think so. Well, like... Multiple, probably not. I'm trying to think, like, what are the most heartbreaking losses in the Super Bowl? I think of Jeff Fisher and the Titans to the Rams. On the one-yard line? Kevin Dyson tackled at the one-yard line, right? Um, but they didn't blow a 28-3 no, to right. three lead and then lose it to one. Like, they blew a 28-3 to three lead. Here, here's a little uh, nugget I just saw, too. There have been seven double-digit comebacks in Super Bowl history. Mahomes has three of them. Yeah. And then, obviously, the 28-3 to three is another one of them. Mm. So both times he's been a part of them, Shanahan. Oh, three times three because times. He's been, he's he was been the OC. Seven. He, he was. They were. His teams were down double dig or were up double digits in each of those three mm. losses. It, it's not the same. I, I I texted you when you threw this out at us last night, Sylvie. I do think. As a Bills fan, because you have the Norwood wide right yeah. at the start it, and then you lose four in a row. Now, they weren't competitive in the final three, really, but four in a row sucks as well. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the Vikings fans would probably uh, tell you that they haven't had a whole, you know, a lot of fun when it comes to going, going back in time in the Super Bowl and the, all the losses they had. 
They're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Robin St. Charles, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, along that same note, uh, Kyle Shanahan mentioned that the reason he decided to receive the kickoff in overtime was that he wanted to have the third possession in overtime after both teams had scored since it would basically be a next-score-win-sudden-death situation. Now, if you look at the Niners' opening OT drive, they had fourth and four from the nine-yard line, and they elected to kick the field goal, of course. But let's just say that the Niners decided to kick off in overtime first. The Chiefs had gone down and scored a touchdown first, and let's say that we had the same situation. The Niners obviously would have gone for it on fourth and four, and they would have had the option to go for two to win it all. And from what I've read, it sounds like uh, the Chiefs had discussed all these overtime scenarios in detail. If the game had gotten to that point, they would have gone for two in a do-or-die situation to win the Super Bowl. And basically, that decision, by doing that, effectively means that there would not be a third possession in overtime, which negates the benefit of Shanahan's rationale. Well, his and rationale it makes, was, it that they, decision wrong. was that they were going to stop them or hold them to a field goal. And, like, look, you're giving Pat Mahomes an opportunity to, to run a play on fourth down. And that, as we talked about earlier... If you are already, if you find yourself down three and you get the ball second like the Chiefs did, you're giving, you're, that's four, you're fourth down territory wherever you are on the field, which changes the way that you call games as well, which gives you more flexibility. I, I mean, buyer beware when you're giving Patrick Mahomes four downs instead of three. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like they did much more research on the overtime than she had a plan. Yes. Shanny, it didn't seem, went into great detail on the overtime. Yeah. When the Chiefs went into every scenario possible, if they were to play a playoff overtime game. He referenced analytics. I mean, has anybody done the analytics of, of kind of projecting this out? He says their analytics people told them that they take the ball on the kickoff. I don't know that everybody's analytics department would come up with the same answer. Well, I think he, he told you that. Whatever their analytics department came up with, they ultimately, with. it was the, based on the strength of getting a third possession right. and having sudden death and having the advantage there. But again, that just but, assumes your opponent is not going to go for two. Right. Well, and it also doesn't factor in your opponent is arguably the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. Who you probably don't want to give a four, four downs to. So, like, this is where analytics, if you're relying sure, you know, solely on and analytics, the whole idea there's of, a hole just, in that, that well, process. Well, and Hembo is an analytic guy, was saying analytics obviously is based on data. There is no past data right. on this. So there really isn't much analytics on this. That, and that's when you... you that's when, when coaches, you're probably you're just running simulations. Yes. yes. And when coaches use the word analytics as a catch-all, I think that's where they're doing a disservice to everybody out there who's trying to like discern what is what. He gave you the, the ball game in his quote saying we were going for a third possession, but it, like you can't assume a third possession. Like, I, I, like Honestly, I think most coaches, after seeing what Dan Campbell has done and wanting to be – if you have a good quarterback, I think a lot more teams are going for two – and, and putting it in their quarterback's hands rather than necessarily, you know, giving the uh, the opponent the chance to go and win it with a field goal. I, I just would prefer, first of all, there's only one way you win on the first possession, and that's with a defensive touchdown. And you may say that that's highly unlikely. Well, the, the 49ers led the league in interceptions this year. Okay, so like their defense does take the football away. 
and I want to know what I need to do after the first possession. Like, again, they had the, the Chiefs in fourth down, a fourth down situation. Yeah. Like, if they had kicked off and the Chiefs found themselves in fourth and three or whatever it was in their own territory, I find it highly unlikely they would have gone for it. They would have punted. So they found themselves in a, in a situation where they forced the Chiefs into a fourth down. They just did it in the wrong order. Yep. 312-332-3776. A lot of great calls today. We'll continue to take them. Waddle's World coming up. We've got Aki's A-List. Don't forget your chance to qualify for those airline vouchers, courtesy of Steinhoffels in the 5 o'clock hour. So much to do. We're talking uh, Super Bowl. We're talking Bears. We're talking to you on Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Welcome into Waddle's World. Fine place to be. Brought to you by uh, Wintrust Community Banks. There, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. I actually asked the fellas if this was uh, breaking news sounder worthy. I think What's going on? I think you'll find this to be very, very interesting story. This is non-Super Bowl related. After a year of dating, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, Larsa, and Michael Jordan's son, oh, yeah. Marcus, have split. I, and so it's official. I saw they took each other off their social media. I saw that this morning on uh, Instagram. Have they accomplished their goal? Yes. I mean, I'm asking you the, that they've destroyed. I, I think, I, have we seen it's been like a year or something like this? Because maybe like this was officially a year contract. <laughs> when did they start dating, Tyler? I bet you. A year ago, right? Wait, I, I bet it's been like a year. Uh, it, it was it's a year. That, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, a year. Yeah, after a year, a year of dating. See, is that they, they had a, Michael had them on a year contract. He signed them to a year deal. The hit was done. The damage was done. He says, despite Larsa Pippen's marriage to Scotty during the latter half of the Bulls dynasty, Pippen claims. She had no connection to Marcus before they met at a party in 2019 hosted by Nike's Jordan brand. I don't know what that means or how that figures into the evaluation process. <laughs> the evaluation but, process. Um, not sure. Not sure. So I figured that that would be as, so this is it. Mission accomplished. Is that? Oh, yeah. I think the damage is done. So what will uh, what, what will Larsa do next? What is your prediction? What will Scotty and Michael do next? I I I thought this was interesting. Tyler, was it you who I mentioned this to? Because I said it to somebody recently. I saw an Instagram post the other day at the Super Bowl of Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield having dinner. And Tyson had said, look how far we've come since the ear-biting incident. And I, I, I thought to myself, isn't it amazing 
that the guy who bit the other man's ear are fast friends, but yet Michael and Scotty are not. And by the way, those two guys used to stand in a ring and punch the crap out of yeah, each other. Yeah, I mean, sure. on top of the biting of the ear. Yeah, one man ate the other person's ear. Not yeah. really. He didn't eat it, but bit he it bit, off bit a, bit a piece of portion of, the ear of it off. Yeah. And they're, they're they're having dinner together, and, and hey, look look at us. And Michael and Scotty, who won six titles together, and were brothers on the court. I know they were never like super tight off, but still. I hope that one of them bites the other one's ear half off and they find peace. Yes. And they're able to break bread. If that's what it takes. Whatever it takes. Uh, Super Bowl, I don't know if you saw this story. Super Bowl overtime delivers big swing for public betting. Um, As the kickoff approached, sportsbooks were almost unanimously rooting for the favorite San Francisco 49ers to win in a low-scoring Super Bowl late in the fourth quarter, obviously. Everything was going the book's way, and then the game went into overtime. The Chiefs covered the spread as a two-point underdog, and the game went over the consensus. I believe the, the total, I heard Carm talking about it. I think he got the under at 47, 47 and a half, rather. Uh, the Chiefs cover, uh, covered the spread a two-point underdog, and the game went over the consensus closing total of 46 and a half. Mm. Both were good results for the betting public. As was the overtime, because the odds of the game going to overtime at ESPN Bet were 11 to 1, and multiple sports books reported lopsided action on the game going into overtime. So there was a lot of money lost. I'm, I'm, maybe we should call Carmen and see if he could check in on the casinos and make sure they're okay. He's, he's um, worried. He's worried big. about that. Vegas has lost big. But do you think they'll still be able to stay open for next I'm, year? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. By the way, I heard everything. I mean, Doug told us on Friday. That everything ran seamlessly. There's no question that that Las Vegas is in the five, you know, every five year rotation, right? Like, this, oh yeah, this is Miami, a New Orleans, SoFi with LA, Vegas, right? Those four. Are kind yeah. Of Where else locks. do they go? Do they go? Well, those are the locks, I think. Do they oh, go to did Tampa? I say Miami? Not did you Tampa, say Miami? Mi- Miami? Miami. 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 Uh, so there's five right there. Though, so there. anyway, so the number went down to forty six and a half. So I guess, you know, we should call Carmen and see if he can check in with some of his friends in Vegas to make sure the casinos are still open today. Uh, They're probably boarding up their windows as we speak. My guess is, is something like that happened. Did you guys know that the, uh, the the next Super Bowl, Super Bowl 59, the odds have already opened? And do you know who is the favorite? Well, it's got to be the Chiefs. The San Francisco 49ers open as a short favorite at plus 450 and as long as uh, plus 75, depending on where you're going. The consensus was plus 550. Chiefs uh, are plus 700. And the The Baltimore Ravens are plus 800. So despite losing and despite the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the best player in football and the youngest defense in the National Football League, the 49ers are the short favorite. That's that's tough to come back. Like it's always tough to come back from losing a Super Bowl. Coming back from losing that Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. Uh, what else do I have for you? Did you see uh, would you like to go with a little way too early power rankings for the 2024 season? Yeah, I'd love and try to. to give you uh, give me a guess where the Bears are. Where you feel the uh the Bears will be? I think they're going to be in the top 20. Okay. They're going to be in the upper two-thirds of the league. 
I'm going to go number 17. Number 17. Uh, Tyler, have you seen? Is this, I have I, not seen this. Am no. I too I've bullish on them? 17. I'm sticking this with it. This is that. the early NFL power rankings courtesy of ESPN for 2024. Based on how they played at the end of the year, I'll go 15. 15. Meller. Yeah, I want to be there with you, but I think that's a little high. I still think teams like the Chargers who hired Jim Harbaugh, who didn't make the playoffs, are going to be above the Bears. So I'm going to say 19. You're going to say 19. Uh, You are, where'd you say? 17. Where'd you say, Tyler? 15. Uh, Meller wins. 21. Wow. 21. We'll show them. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they come in behind Minnesota and right in front of the New Orleans Saints. The Chargers are in at twenty five. Wow! It that says one of their me. issues is they their salary cap hell that they find themselves in. You want to take a guess at who's number one? Uh, that's going to be the the defending champion. That's how power rankings work. That's Meller. the Chiefs. Meller, since you won, would you like to go second? Uh, yeah, I, I it's got to be the Chiefs. It, it can't be Tyler. I'll go Chiefs as well. Baltimore Ravens at number what? one. Why? That's the dumb. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you know, they just won NFL there. Nation on that, ESPN. They just I mean, won there. The That's Ravens dumb. are one. Which, by the way, listen, I, I thought Lamar was a very was a very deserving winner of the NFL MVP this year. How do you put? I, how do you put him? I don't know. And his team, and he's had very little postseason success ahead of Patrick Mahomes, who's won three Super Bowls in six years. That's disrespectful. Number two is the Chiefs. Number three <laughs> is the 49ers. It's the day after winning the Super Bowl. They like the, the 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 Ravens have far more free agents that they need to sign and bring back than the Chiefs do. Doesn't the uh, the champion deserve to be number one in the power rankings? I would think so. The Lions are four. The Bills are five. The Dolphins are six. The Cowboys are seven. The Eagles are eight. The Houston Texans are nine. Mm. And the Green Bay Packers are ten. I will say I did see the MVP odds that are out, and that is where the Chiefs are getting their respect. Mahomes is the favorite for MVP next well, year, would, plus 650. For the love of everything good and pure in this world, I would hope so. Do uh, you want to do the same little exercise for uh, Major League Baseball real quick? Where they, you feel the Cubs and the White Sox rank the uh, okay. power rankings All before right. we get to spring training? I like this. Where do you? Let's go with the Cubs first. Uh, they're not going to be that high, especially without Bellinger. Um, I'm going to go eleven. You're going to go eleven, Meller. Where are you at, Mister Baseball? Fourteen. 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 Tyler, season ticket holder. I'll go thirteen. Thirteen. The Chicago Cubs find themselves. At number 12. Okay, we split it, Tyler. Number 12. You said 13? Yep. Mm-hmm. We were right right there. Uh, White Sox now? Well, yes, 29. let's go White Sox. 29. <laughs> number 29 I for the White Sox. I didn't pick them last. 29. Okay. Meller. 33rd. <laughs> there's, there's like... I know, there's, there's only 30. There's I'm only 30. <laughs> like, you went, you went nuclear right there. This 31. is the NFL. I'll, yeah, little, whoops, 31. Seriously, I was thinking NFL. make a pick. Come on. Seriously. 29th. Okay, that's two twenty nines. What about you, Tyler? Twenty eight. Twenty eight is correct. Ah. Only the Rockies and the A's are behind them. Boy, those teams suck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Rockies and A's aren't even major. By the way, did you see teams. the story last week where the mayor of, of Las Vegas yeah. was basically saying, yeah, we, we, don't don't wanna, the, "We don't the want A's, you." Yeah, the A's need to stay in in Oakland. Find a way to stay in the Bay I've Area. Always done though. 
I thought it was done them going to Vegas. They, well, they're financing. This is where it gets tricky, right? I I think the only thing that was done was the owners approved it. Yeah, Rob Manfred's trying to push the A's to Vegas because they don't want to be in Oakland anymore. It's crazy. Uh, A little college basketball for you. How about this? Number 23, Indiana State, is ranked in the top 25 for the first time. Yeah. Since 1979 when Larry Bird was doing his thing. They're good. We play them again soon, too. I didn't realize this is the first time that they actually... They're usually like the bottom of our conference. By the way, come tournament time, everyone's going to fall in love. They've got this guy, Robbie Avila. He's a local kid, too. Really? He is... like Everyone's going to love him because he, he like reminds people of Jokic. He's just this big dude, lumbery dude. Oh, is he the guy with goggles? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Everyone's going to fall in love with him in March. He, Robbie Avila. Where is he from locally? Uh, let me see. I think it's a western burb. Um, Oak Forest. Wow. We should get him on. Uh, I, As you can imagine, there was some pretty hefty price tags for a lot of stuff at the Super Bowl, at the game, at Allegiant Stadium. Can you make a guess on how much... Now, this is this is a, a an up, upscale version of nachos, but... <laughs> upscale nachos. Oh, yeah. These are your, your typical nachos. Can you guess how much... The nachos cost at the Super Bowl yesterday inside Allegiant Stadium. Now, would you like to know? Let me give you some ingredients. They're served with pieces of lobster and filet. Oh, that's delicious. They also came with a shot glass filled with salsa. Okay? So they look quite delectable. Lobster and filet. Yeah. Lobster and filet. It doesn't seem to be an over... It's just like this big. Not like, you, you know, not a giant... Thing of nachos. Not a big portion, but not a huge porch portion. So we're talking surf and turf nachos here. Yeah. By the way, thirty five dollars. Are you trusting them? Are you trusting that at a ball game? Surf and turf nachos. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. In Vegas. Okay. Sure. I think it's thirty five. Thirty five bucks. After you told told me about the beaver hair and food the other day. You are, yeah. I mean, you're allowed to have a certain amount of of I rodent can't trust hair. Anything? Is anymore. beaver a rodent? I don't think is it. I, no, don't, I don't think I, so. I think know. it is. Is it? I think a beaver's a rodent. Really? Hmm. I'll got check big, on that at the, the big break. Big old tail. Doesn't it got the big flapper? Big flat tail. Yeah. But I'm I mean, a fan I don't... of the beaver. What? I'm going to guess $58 for 58 these nachos. For nachos? I, no, I think, I think, yeah. I think you're, you're I, low with your 35 I, I was going to go above, Mel. I was going to say like 65 Okay. 65 And surf and, and turf and, nachos, Sylvie. And, and if stadium. it was something that you really liked, how much would you be willing to spend? Did I go low because it's 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 lobster you said in it? It's lobster and filet. Oh, but again, it's just like this big and it's small. Like how much you lobster is it? Because you it's said it's sprinkled small. with lobster. Is it, it, it's a fairly like it's not a, a huge helping. I'm just saying it's like when you go to the ballpark and you get nachos. How big is the serving? They usually uh, come in a helmet, right? It's got a little cheese and it's got those. Bad That's chicks. probably $15. like probably in the size of like a sheet of paper, right? right? A full, yeah, well, yeah, Tyler's right. Nachos are yeah, basically twelve to fifteen dollars anyway, and you don't even have lobster or right, fillet. Yeah, you're right. With steak and lobster, lobster prices. How much would you be willing? You said thirty five. Would you be willing to pay thirty five? I don't think I'm getting steak and fillet nachos. That's not not no. your thing. No. Well, what, what would you order at the Super Bowl? A hot pretzel <laughs> and, and a burger. Yeah, what would you I'm with you. I'm that'll with cost you. I forty dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. get these. I wouldn't get nachos with lobster and filet. Yeah, 
Uh, the lobster and filet nachos, will, uh, they were costing you... Fifty-eight dollars and fifty-eight cents. You were, you guys were right 60 there. Sixty bucks. Isn't basically. that what I, I guess? Fifty-eight dollars. Like I was, that's prices right, man. Yes. Fifty-eight, fifty-eight. You're spending seven thousand dollars on a ticket, and sixty dollars on your nachos. I do not know how much beer costs, but I'll try to figure that out. And I also, when we come back, I'll let you know whether or not a beaver is a rodent. That's next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Answering all the important questions as advertised before we went to break, I got you the answer. Yes, in fact, beavers are rodents. The beaver, the beaver is the largest living rodent in North America, with adults averaging 40 pounds in weight and measuring more than three feet in length, including the tail. And as I said to Meller earlier, a while back, I hear they are, are not the friendliest of animals. Which is surprising because I have to say, even my worst experience with beavers has been tolerable. The beaver carries a lot of wood in that a tail, doesn't it? You know what? You know what the tail is for to build the dams? <laughs> How do you carry wood with your tail? Isn't it, it, I think it varies beaver to beaver, actually. No, the beavers are known for their their very large front teeth because they, they gnaw on the wood. They, they gnaw on the wood, but yeah. don't they? What don't they love okay, the, the wood in the, in the in the tail? How do beavers carry? Okay, logs. We'll see. Maybe maybe you know more about beavers. Uh, no, they carry logs using their incredib- incredibly powerful jaws okay. to grasp logs. Okay, well, don't logs. use those teeth, though. It says here. And no teeth. The beavers carry logs using their incredibly powerful jaws to grasp the logs in their mouth. What do they use their tails for, then? Smack the crap out of you. <laughs> I think swim. they use them to swim. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I don't think they're the friendliest of animals. No, they're not. Very moody. Yeah. Stay, stay away from the wet beavers, yeah. Something. <laughs> we're all going, we're, we're, we're all going to get fired and then we're going to hell. Why? We're just teaching people that beavers are rodents. We're all learning something. Yeah. And you know what? I hope you've got a warm garage because that's where you're going to be sleeping tonight, buddy. Usher got married on Super Bowl Sunday yesterday. I didn't know that Usher was Police 45 keys. years. No, no. <laughs> no, I don't think that. I don't think that that was. Uh, I don't think that was a, a, a marriage activity. Was it before or after halftime? Uh, his longtime girlfriend. I can't pronounce her name. Usher and his longtime girlfriend Jennifer. I can't. I'm not even gonna try. Uh, got married this weekend. Same day he performed at the Super Bowl, which was yesterday. That's crazy. I look. I I am usually. A big fan of all the halftime shows. You know, there are always the critics on Twitter about the halftime. Oh, that's not good. Or, oh, just, I didn't like that halftime show. Every year, I'm I'm watching halftime. I liked it. And I'm like, that was a good halftime. Yeah. La- last night was no different. I'm like, Usher yeah. brought it. Yeah. I Usher like it. brought it. 45 years old doing all that. Oh, you 
fantastic. I thought he was excellent as well. Did you I think he was going down on the skates at one point? I thought when he went through the legs of who, who did he go through the legs of at, uh, when he slid underneath him? Was it ludicrous? He may have gone under Luda's legs. So there was one trick where I thought he was going down. Uh, yeah, and I think when he got up, he was a little unstable, but I thought it was quite entertaining. I thought it was very well done. I, th- I mean, yeah, we. I enjoyed it. I don't normally get a chance to see the halftime, so I was, I was thrilled that I got a chance to see it. So it was great. Um, what else do I have for you? Uh, yes, Dre Greenlaw did, in fact, tear his Achilles. That was so sad. Uh, like nine minutes to go into the second quarter. Not even uh, on a plate. Running, on the, running field. I mean, on the field, excited to get back out there and do some stuff. Maybe it would have given anyway at some point. Yeah. But uh, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey both said that they're coming back. I think we all realized that that was going to be the case. I, and again, I, I mean, Andy's... I wouldn't walk away from Patrick Mahomes if I was Andy Reid. As I long think, as you still feel good and you're healthy and you enjoy what you're doing. You know, Clark Hunt was on the pregame show. You got, you, you're overly careful when you say his name, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I've made the Kareem Hunt mistake in my in the past, so now I'm always. I wasn't even thinking you were going there. I just thought I'm just that. saying I, you you do it once and then you're. Yeah. Um, he was on the pregame and they were asking him about the rumors about Andy Reid. And he said, we have Patrick Mahomes signed to an eight-year contract. I'm not worried about it. I thought it was good, yeah. By the way, um, I don't know if you guys noticed stuff like this. Clark Hunt, a microphone grabber. When giving, when doing an in- interview, he wants when, to hold it. Yes, have you ever noticed that no, in interviews? I'm like not. certain guys that are being interviewed, like Jim Nance was interviewing, he and Jim to. asked a question and held the microphone into his, you know, in, under his face, and Clark Hunt like grabbed it and held the microphone as Jim was holding the microphone as well. So he was a microphone grabber. He wants to grab the microphone. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. I always, I always. That that seems odd to me. Uh, I, I, well, I don't I, know why you need to hold. If you see a still shot of it, you'll see Clark Hunt is holding the microphone. I think you definitely need to space out Clark and Hunt. I do. Yeah. 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 I Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt. Thank you. Paging. Michael. No. Uh, I saw this article last week. I may read the first book that I've read in probably 12 years. There's a new book out about uh, Sopranos star James Gandolfini and his struggle with personal demons and rampant alcohol use mm. caused shooting delays, chaos, and co-stars left frustrated filming later seasons of the HBO hit. I'm not reading it because I want to read you know, the demons, but I've always been a huge fan of this show, and I was a big fan of his. You realize when he... I, I, I had to go back and check. Do you know when he died? How long it's been? 15 years ago? 2013, so not quite 15 years ago. But even 2013, he died of a heart attack in Rome. But I read this article. It's a long article. I guess a new book by Mark. I think his name is Kameen. He was a location scout on the show. Talks about all the problems that they had throughout the course of doing the show. Um... And I just found it very, very interesting. He's now he's an executive producer of The White Lotus. Uh, uh, said Gandolfini's discomfort with fame led him towards his darker impulses. In one case, Gandolfini didn't show up until he was four hours late. And the entire time was cursing his way through his half-learned lines, doing take after take, drinking coffees and bottles of water, alternatively sheepish and uh, curlish, the way he always is when he's messed up, he wrote. That sucks. So... 
But I thought it was really interesting, and I, I'm always have always been interested in the show. So there's a new book coming out on Gandolfini and The Sopranos by one of their uh, one of their producers. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I've All got right. uh, Curb uh, episode two in the hopper for tonight. Uh, True Detectives last I watched it on Saturday because I knew that they advanced it. I would say it's probably the best episode oh. I've seen of this. So should series. I go back to it? Yeah, I, mean, I stopped after only, two. I, I think it's only six episodes for the season. This one was the most eventful. Okay, I would good. advise going back okay. to it. All right. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, Aki's A-List. I know some of you want to get after it. Uh, a return of a, a caller, a very memorable caller. One of the best rants of 2023. Uh, that caller wants to weigh in on some bear stuff. That's coming up next.